This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's been a while. I know a lot has been going on in my tumultuous life, but I'm happy to say that I'm still here. Traveling Anonymous is still here. We're going to continue to produce quality premium content. Anybody with a cell phone probably knows where I've been. If you don't, this interview will serve to help give some clarity, some understanding to everything that's been going on. I'm happy to announce the release of my new book, Bloody But Unbowed. You can find that in the description. We wrote our first book, man. Word. That feels good. Here's my first interview back. And I hope you guys enjoy. I've always asked my guests to be 100% authentic. So it was only right I did the same with my material, with myself. Still trapping anonymous. We still get into it. New episodes on the way. I appreciate everybody that's been with me since day one. Still rocking with me till this day. My name is Chris Styles. Let's get it. How's your spirits? Um, I mean, aside from like the the nervousness that I have right now, I'm in very, very good spirits. Much better spirits than I've been in a long time. But right now, I can say that you know, I'm, I'm filled, I'm happy, you know. Good people around me, right energy around me, and just in a place where I feel like I could just finally be, you know, be me again. But Are you excited to like finally speak on everything. And- yeah, yeah. You know, I I thought about this every day. Like, I literally thought about this every single day. Like, there wasn't a a night I went to bed or a moment that I woke up where. Everything just hasn't been on my mind. You know, 2020 has just been a a test. But I think it's been part of my testimony, so. So now you're here. Here we are. So, tell us who you are. How did you become Chris Um, I would say that I got the name in high school. Um, I feel like Chris Styles really started to develop fully um, when I was in college. After pleasuring, I kind of... Chris Styles is my ego, <laughs> if we're being honest. Chris Styles is my ego. 
that's who that's who that is. I, 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 my, de my ego developed after I was in college. I crossed fraternity, you know, uh, started my own company. And after doing all that, it was like, I feel like that ego developed. And that's when you became? That's when I became Chris Styles. You know, I was always the name, but then the essence of who that person was, I feel like really developed and matured which is the ego really developed and got to that bravado that, you know, everything like you would see online and, you know, the jewelry, the clothes and the dancing and women and the, the lights and the, you know. So do you still think you're that person now? Hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes. I, I feel like I go in and out of that person a lot more than I used to. You know, I used to feel like I was that person 95% of the time. Right now, I would feel like I'm Chris Stiles 60, 50% of the time. Some days, 20. It just, some days he's alive more than others. Um, you say that sometimes you feel like it's just the bare minimum that you're Chris Styles. So who are you the other 80% of the time, the other 40% of the time? And how did you get to that person? The other, the other part would be Christopher, right? Mm -hmm. It's the people, it's the person that grew up around my family. It's the... You know, the the laughing, the joking, the you know, I'm not really I wear the same outfit every day. Like I don't I don't really care. You know what I mean? It's, he's not really trying to be, you know, too flashy or anything like that. I just wanna tell some good jokes, you know, eat some good food and you know, just chill, hang out. That's that's that person I sort of become when I don't feel like I have to be on. You know, Chris Styles had to be on all the time. I always had to be on. Every room, you know, it didn't matter how my day was going. It was just like, oh, Styles is in the building. Mm. You know what I mean? Let's see, like, kind of like do something. <laughs> do something funny. Or, you know, it's like you, you wait for me to have that moment with people. And I'm just like, some, sometimes you're just not there. Sometimes you, you don't want to be that person. Sometimes you just kind of want to chill and be Christopher. So... Sounds like a relief. Oh. Yeah, it a huge relief. Not feeling like you have to be doing something. You only could be who you want and when you want, how you want. You know, it's not like your paycheck is depending on how good you are today. You know, it's like you're good. So um, I know you say that you always have to walk in a room and be someone and just the people you were around. How did that all start? Like, can you just give me some feedback? Yeah, that? well, I, I never thought that my personality, my persona, my energy, I never thought that that was a gift for a long time. I just thought, you know, everybody could, you know, come into a room and talk and laugh and, you know, 
And it wasn't until, you know, that college period when I was just like, wow, like, people enjoy my energy. Like, that was a gift. That was a talent. And it wasn't until that moment I was like, wow, I could really leverage this and make some money or, you know, increase my name or incre increase that ego. Excuse me. So how did it get to you hosting parties? Where did that start? Um, you know, one day I had, when I had my PR company back in college, I had a DJ and he was just, you know, spinning at one of the events. And I'm just like, you know that you sometimes you could always vision yourself doing something, yeah. even right before you're even able to do it. You know, you could just always, uh, if I was up there, I would do it like this. I would do it like that, you know? So I always had like those feelings about hosting. I would be like, eh, I could do that better or I could do. So when we was doing one of our events, because we did a lot of events for different schools and colleges and different different companies, we was at one of the events. And I was just like, can I try it? Can I try that mic thing that you do? He's like, yeah, here's my levels. You go in and out and, you know, just give me some room to DJ. And I'm like, okay. And the people reacted to me. And I was like... <laughs> and then my business partner was like, yo, you're kind of good. And I was like, I am, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, from that point, I knew this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Okay, so how can you tell us a bit about the touring that you did and how was that for you? Oh, wow. Um, and pause for a minute. Okay. Can you <clears throat> tell me a bit about the touring and how that life was for Oh, you? man, touring was... <laughs> touring was everything, man. Like, I was 25, 26-year-old kid, you know, on the road, L.A., D.C., Houston, Miami. You know, I got paid to do something to party. Mm. You know, that environment, Some the average person probably gets to party once or twice a month if they're lucky. You know, they get to go out and hang out and really have a good time with their friends. Maybe once or twice, you know, out the month. Like, not only am I doing that every week, but I'm getting paid. So, tour life is, it was amazing. So, what were some things that were going on on tour that you think contributed to you being canceled? <clears throat> tour, tour was, it was a lawless place, you know? Not to say that, you know, rules didn't apply on tour, but it was just this high that you're just on all the time, you know? It's, everything is fast-paced, everything is quick, everything is on demand. You know, tour is not, I don't think it was conducive to like living, you know what I mean? No one should like live on that, that high all the time. No one should be drinking as much as I was like drinking on tour. No one should be having sex as much as I was having sex on tour. No one should be just out and about 
living without these normal guidelines to life. Like, there's a reason we go to work, right? Like, there's a reason why five days out of the week, like, you kind of got to be in the in the space and you get those two days to kind of, like, you get Saturday to live it up and then Sunday you got to prepare for, like, work again, like. Lying down. Could you imagine never having that that period where it's like wind down? It was just like going on tour. I feel like even out there, a lot of women, they're looking at me like the guy for right now. They're looking at me like the guy for tonight, I feel like. And I'm looking at them like the woman right now. I'm looking at them like the woman for tonight or for as long as I'm in Atlanta, you know? And then we go to LA, you know? We, we wasn't courting women, you know what I mean? Like, I was out there like, all right, after the party, after the show is the after party, right? Like, that was just what it was. So you you lose sense of, like, what's right when you do that for so long. So when I go back home, I'm acting like I'm on tour. Right. What we doing? When I go back home, I still act like I'm on tour. I'm living that same life. I've been on tour since I was 21, 22 years old. I was, all, I was always doing events in different, whether it was college campuses, whether it was different cities, different venues, I was always doing those things. So that line for me, when it's like, all right, now it's time to kind of like be on tour, now it's kind of like time to be home, there was no separation. My life was tour. Everything was tour. Everything was quick. Everything was fast. Everything was in and out. There was no... <sighs> How did you feel when it happened? What? Um, everything that was said, you being canceled, um, just everything, whatever everything means to you as well. Um... I never thought that I could get canceled. Hey, like, I made too much people money. You know? I built up events from the ground in New York City. I built up events on the road. I built festivals up. Hey, a lot of people made money because of my gift to host an event, to go in there and just bring that energy and just fill a room with that. I never thought that I could get canceled. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. How? Y'all need to make money, right? Y'all gonna need me. Yeah. It's in your best interest to keep me around. And there goes Chris Styles again, right? Like, there goes that 95%. The ego. Here goes the ego. He's just like, you can't cancel me. You need me. And then it happened, and it's like, oh, don't nobody need you. This thing, this, this thing will go on without you. That's one thing I learned. We always say it. Do we believe it? The world will continue without you. Somehow we feel like when we die, you know what I'm saying, everything else is going to be. No. You know, you, you're going to die. 
people are gonna, I felt like I died. I felt like I lost my life. But like losing my life would have been better than what I experienced. Because at your funeral, they talk about the good you, you brought to the world. It's like everything that I've done was erased. People didn't speak good about me. There wasn't no obituary. So it's like dying, being alive at your funeral, and at your funeral, everybody's talking about that one incident. Everybody's talking about that one thing you got canceled for and why they can't talk to you no more. And you got to witness that. Every tweet, every DM, every post, every magazine, every blog. <clears throat> it was like dying, but, you know, being alive at your funeral and no one goes up to say, Chris did anything good for me. It was just, I'm shocked, I'm appalled, and F him. How did it feel losing some of your closest friends? <clears throat> I, I think that losing my friends was probably worse than like losing like my career, right? The career is like superficial. It's like it's like oh, I could I could do that again. Like I feel like I'm the creator. It goes, Cristals. I'm a creator. I could create again. I could, I could do it again, whatever. I'll find a way, I'll make a way, I'll make it happen. I'm a hustler, I'm from Brooklyn, right? There goes Chris Daz. Um. So that's superficial to me, that's nothing. That's what I could, my friend was like, all right, let, denounce me online, I said it. I said that to them denounced me online. So like the tweets and stuff, like the biggest misconception was that I was like, the biggest misconception was that I was upset about like tweets that was like made. No, like I, I was the one like, like encouraging, you know, separate yourself from this. This is a, this is a mess. But don't, don't not hit me up the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, F Cristal's online. I'm with that. F me too. Yes, this is, hit me up. Text me. On the side. See how I'm doing. That was the worst point of my life. Everything that I've built was gone in 48 hours. And the people that helped me build it 
went with it. I didn't know this was a package deal. I didn't know like y'all came with my success. I thought it was because but the other side of the coin is like it was my fault. It's my fault. I shouldn't have been on the road blurring the lines. I shouldn't have been on the road sleeping around. I shouldn't have been on the road getting drunk. I shouldn't have been. I was wilding out. I got lost in it. The industry is a mentality. It's not a place. Hollywood is a mentality. That shit is, you know what I mean? And I just, I just wish that I wouldn't do that. I'm not in a position. I'm not in a position. I can't tell them what to do. I can't tell them how to feel. I can't say what I would have done. It didn't happen like that. This is how it happened. They was upset at me as much as I was at, I was upset with them. And it's like, where's the grace? We want grace, we want mercy, you know, when we, when we do these things, we want mercy, we want grace. And that's a luxury that not everyone could afford. Why do you think it happened to you? I ask myself that question a lot. I'm like, look at these allegations. Are y'all crazy? And and it's it's on the IG lives. Like you could go look it up. You know, I went on in. Chris Dallas came back. What y'all think? You think that I would? I was I was the face of this. You know that ego comes back and it's just like it's like okay. It's easy to defend the things you didn't do. What did you do? Why why was this the event of your demise? Why this? Out of all the things in the world, you know. You just make this up out of thin air. This, that doesn't happen to people. What, what did you do? That's what I had to grapple with. It's like, I normalized the lifestyle. This comes with, this come with the game. This is what we signed up for. I normalized the women breaking your car window. I normalize that. I normalize the fake pages hitting me up, fake pages sending this, threatening me with that, and I normalize that. That's what, that's what come with the game. Remember, I'm, I'm Chris Styles. that's what. That ego helped me normalize 
What? You don't want to? You don't want to? You don't want to do what? You don't want? All right, peace. Get out my house. Get out the car. That ego. Just keep coming. I wasn't kind. Ain't spoiled. I was spoiled. Got a chapter in the book that's called Grateful But Not Humble. Because I used to thank God every day, like, I had to be doing something, right? You know, superficial success. The things that tell you you're successful on Instagram. Nothing to tell you that you're successful in the mirror. It's like, what's that look like? Looking in the mirror. That's worth something, right? Stuff you can't post. That intrinsic value. I didn't even have that, you know? I wasn't humble, I didn't. Y'all know why I'm here. It happened to me because you know, I was promiscuous. I was out. I was, a, I was living it up. And I wasn't kind. I had no respect for no one. I didn't have respect for myself. I didn't even respect my own space. I didn't even respect my own name, let alone somebody else's. What, what you want to do? You don't want to do it? All right, peace. Like, F you. Get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. Block. It was easy. It was so easy. It was so easy. I was addicted to that lifestyle. I was addicted to going out, hooking up, blocking, not talking to people ever again, seeing them out, hooking up again, Blocking them again. I was normalized the behavior that was just. I be thinking, I be thanking God for like 2020. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, it's crazy. Like, I really be thanking God. Like, yo, like who, like whatever the the fake pages that was like saying these stuff and you know. It's not like no one ever came to me and was like, well, hey, Chris, you know, I'm someone that you offended and, you know, I think we should have a conversation or it's not like the police sat me down and said, hey, Chris, you have these charges against you, this, that, and the third. It was just like always like I had to deal with these like these pages. Um, a few people said I had disrespected them, which I believe I spoke about on Instagram Live and, you know, you know, I was just living wild and just, you know, whatever, get out my car and get out my house. I, I would sit back and I would literally thank God for those fake pages. I would literally sit back and I would thank God for the people that came out and said I disrespected them. Because I would keep doing it. You got to understand, I was living that way, 
knowing that it was wrong, but not seeing nothing wrong with it. Again, normalizing the behavior. Just living, living that way constantly, constantly, constantly. That's how I grew up. That's how I'm thinking. F, F chicks get money, post pictures on vacation, live it up. That's how I'm thinking. That's how I'm thinking. Nothing more, nothing less. And you know, that thing that the culture taught me had been wrong. Me being old enough to know better and have the discernment and still choosing, it's wrong. that you normalized a lot of things like sex, women, partying, things like that. What's normal to you now? Waking up, seeing you, right? Cooking breakfast if I feel like cooking breakfast, drinking some tea, reflecting, reading, studying, listening to audio books, writing, journaling, enjoying nature, working out, planning the future with somebody. I never saw forever with someone. It's, it's never in the cards for me. It's my new normal. Seeing forever with someone. Having that person. <sighs> Working on things that, you know, I one day want to give to my kids. Like, I believed in the culture. I believed in it. So much to the point where I, it's what I wanted. I didn't see myself settling down with somebody. It's called settling down because you got to settle. I'm never going to settle. And if I was, then one day the perfect woman was going to come up to me and she was going to fit my perfect puzzle. I wouldn't have to conform. I wouldn't have to change. That was what was going on in my mind, that one day this person was going to, that person's never coming. I had to become somebody that I wanted to be with. If I want something of you, I have to be that of myself. My new normal is reflection. My new normal is identifying who I am and why I am the way I am and what do I need to do to become better. I don't even remember the parties. I don't remember the, the, the touring. I don't remember it. There was no value in it. At least if I put that same energy and effort into someone I love, then one day I could look back at my kids, I could look back at my family, I could look back at my generation of, it's just old highs, it's just new lows. 
how could I tell my story? So remember when I said, when I would be in the crowd and I would look at a host and I would be like, I could do that. I, the first time I picked up that microphone and I said, this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. You know, it's still what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. It just looks a lot different. I just don't have to haul them shaking Millie Rock on the stage. <laughs> now I could tell people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now I could tell young brothers like, look, find her. You don't need to be with, you know, many women. You could believe in somebody, you could trust somebody. I know your trust was broken. I know your spirit was stepped on. I know your friends walked out on you. I know you lost everything. But there's still so much more. In fact, everything that you need, you already have. How do I tell you that? So I wrote it. Every day I got up. I turned off social media. I deleted all my apps. He was there, and I, and I wrote, and I reflected, and I did the work. So there's somebody, there's gonna be a kid out there one day, he's just gonna be like, yo, man, this book, bruh. <laughs> and it's gonna mean everything to him that I told him some things that he may have went through or didn't have to go through because I experienced those things, and I'm just like, all right, that's what we're here for. And I could grab the mic again, and I could speak to them, and put the mic down and still speak to them. So you speak a lot about the things that you lost and how you lost everything. What did you gain? Um. Myself. Everything that I did, accomplished, was all external. For once, I got something internal. For once. It wasn't about the next show, the next car, the next woman, it wasn't about the next watch, the next chain, it wasn't about the likes, it wasn't about all of those things was It finally was about me. And where did you go wrong? And how are you going to change? Right? Like, we cancel you, you're done, you're finished, you know. I still have to deal with the now what? Everybody else moved on. I, I remember reading online. It was like, yo, you still on that? And I'm like, this is my life. Of course, I'm, I'm going to be on it for the rest of my... And so, for once, I got to really say, wow, like, now what? You cancel me and I'm done and I can't, I can't work. I can't, no one even wants to sit and talk to me like we all everyone unfollowed you then you know everything that you valued is now is now gone it's like I had to just sit with me I had to just talk to me I had to just like look at me I had to it's like now what Chris yeah this is what happened this is what you did to yourself now what what you gonna do 
And I got, for the first time, to really like say, okay, let me just. Sometimes life forces you to be better. I would have never listened. Life tried. Life was like, yo, probably shouldn't be doing that. And I was like, yeah, shut up. Yo, Chris, Chris, don't, don't go there. Put, put the cup down. Don't talk to her. Yeah, shut up. You don't know. I'm on the biggest stage in the world. Kidding me? There goes Chris Styles again, right? That ego. But I got to remove ego for once and just see that there was just so much more inside of me that, man, this is like, it's just, it was so much pressure trying to produce content and trying to make people happy and trying to. One of my friends said to me, he was like, Chris, we, we see the whole, you know, the whole girlfriend thing and this, that, and the third, and you know, you think you want to slow it down a little bit? Like, we get it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm like, bro, I get to finally just post what I want to post, right? This is what I want to do. There's not a sponsor behind it. It's not a paid tweet. There's no, there's, this is not based on if I can say this or, or not, or how does the brand look if I say this? And if I want to post my girlfriend all day, I'm a poster, <laughs> right? If I want to, you know, do a cartwheel, like whatever, like, I've never felt that before. I've never like not done it for the followers or not done it for the likes or not done it. How everything that I had to do, it was always contingent upon everyone else's opinion on me. Like for once I got to say, you know what? He was there for me when nobody was there. When people I spent every day with for six years said, peace out. Like he was there. I'm eternally grateful. Like, I want to post you all day. I'll post you all day, bro. Like, I don't really care, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting to that point is like, that's invaluable. I can't put a price on that. That kind of freedom. That kind of love. Like, I can't. I can't put a price on that. So how do people act when they see you out? Is it like bad energy toward you? Is it? Did anyone ever confront you? Like, what did happen? Every time I go outside, and like literally, and you you're with me. <laughs> um, it's funny I got you interviewing me, and you be with. People are so supportive. That was the one thing that I realized. I'm like, wow, like the internet is not even real. I go through my DMs. It was just like we're gonna kill you when I see you. It's on site. Yo, you so disrespectful. You did this. You did that. They were saying all of these things. I people see me out. They were like. Yo, Chris, keep your head up, bro. That's what they say. Like, Chris, we got you. Like, it might not look like it. I said, you know, social media became my reality. I didn't even know, like, people, like, still walked down the street and spoke to people, right? <laughs> like, people, that's, it was so valuable to me. I was like, oh, my God, I just want to cry. I'm like, thank you. Like, thank you, right? 
and they're just being human. But I lost that human side. I lost a lot. But in that, gave me everything that I've needed. Yeah, I wanted to probably uh, why I switch. You know, I I just wanted a, another perspective. You know, other than speaking to my girlfriend, I was like, why not bring in another perspective and have a conversation? You know, let's let's chop it up. You know, why not? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so we talked a lot about what Christopher is like now outside of the limelight, outside yeah. of hosting and being in the party scene. So why should we care about your story? <clears throat> um, my story is, is your story, right? Like we're all, it's all connected, you know? There's a young brother growing up right now that's believing the rap songs that he wants to grow up and he wants to be the rapper. He wants to he wants to be like that rap song, right? And whether you're the girl he's talking to or related to the girl he's talking to, whether you're the parent of that son, whether you're the father of that son, this is important. This, Chris Styles is, you know, it's not, it's not just one you know, it's, it's a, it was an isolated incident, but it was a part of a much bigger problem. If we don't care about the individual issues in our culture, then we have no grasp on the whole of, of it, right? Like, we have no idea. So my only retort is, my story is your story. You know, it just has different names and different faces, but he's a relative. He he might be you. A lot of people are going to question the authenticity of your change of this new walk that you decided to take. What do you have to say to that? I feel like if they don't question it, then they're not they're not really watching. I feel like if they don't question it, they're not really thinking for themselves. I think we're supposed to question. We are supposed to ask. We're supposed to say, why, this is phony. Like, give me, we're supposed to. And I feel like when that person digs deep and when that person takes that dive and when they, the answer will be given to them. Whether it's the answer they want or, or not want, it's up to them but it's gonna force you to do the work and not just dismiss it. So even when you question, I feel like there's value there. I definitely feel like one of the biggest questions people have, cause I know I had it was, why a public relationship? Mm -hmm. Like why that? Like how did that come out of everything that you went through? Now you have a girlfriend. If you've been following me, my life has always been public if you've been following me. Now, if you just heard the story, jumped on board and said, okay, let's see what this guy's about, pulled up some old videos, some old tweets, and then looked at me with a girlfriend, then you would have that question. But if you've been following me for the 10 years that I've been posting, 
I speak about my father dying. I speak about graduating college. I speak about signing the biggest deals of my life and going on stages that I've never touched before. I speak about the things that I'm sad about. I speak about the things that I'm proud of. So if this is my proudest moment, why wouldn't I be in a public relationship? If this is the one time I got value out of the things that I've done, why wouldn't I post it? I posted things for less. Why her? You mean to tell me I could spend the rest of my life with a person that is there for me in my darkest hour? I could spend the rest of my life with you? Oh, sign me up. A lot of people think that, that was probably the easiest decision I had to make. Somebody that was there for me, that cared for me, that held me down, even before this whole thing went on. When I was getting the, the crazy emails and harassed, when I had to go to the police station, this, this person was there. It's random to everybody else, which I'm okay with. But for me, I can't find nobody else. That's it for me. I'm good. So you speak about this like darkest moment. Mm -hmm. And so when a person really thinks about your predicament and mm -hmm. what you went through, how did you avoid depression? How did you avoid not becoming like suicidal? How did you avoid not being dependent on substances? Well, you asked me a lot of questions there. Um, for one, I, I avoided depression. I was already depressed. Yeah, I couldn't avoid something that I already was. That's the only reason why I have this kind of compulsive behavior, that addiction to women, to partying, to drinking, to hanging out. Oh, no, I just need a drink. I just need to go out. I just need to party. I just need to, I just need to release. I just need to... Another woman, another... Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just fun. It's casual. Yeah, for how long? How long is it going to be casual? Oh, when your demons come and, and meet you where you at, and they say, hey, and then they put it online for everybody. I had to heal in front of the world. Some, some of us are that stubborn to ignore all the signs. I was, I was that stubborn. When everything left me, I realized how much of a distraction they really were. My vision became clearer. I didn't even drink no more. Like, I stopped drinking. I, and then COVID happened. It was just like, it was like the perfect recipe for me. Like, I had to just deal with me. And I enjoyed that process, you know? Processes. The process is the process is beautiful overall, but it's not always, you know, you know, beautiful. So when I celebrate my anniversary with my girl, and it's just like I'm I'm celebrating being free of addiction. I'm celebrating being free of everything that plagued me. I'm, I'm celebrating being free of the casualness and the, 
the gallivant and the carefree, the the joyride. I'm celebrating being free of that. Now something is gonna hold you accountable every time you walk through that door. That's a celebration for me. If I didn't have my family, if I didn't have those real people around me that just said, Chris, what do you need? I wouldn't be here. Love comes from community. That's what I became addicted to, my tribe. Those people that you don't see on social media, that's what I became addicted to. It's funny you said then COVID happened. And so it makes me wonder how has being in the middle of a global pandemic impacted your process? Wow, I, I feel like COVID-19 happening and me getting canceled was like the best time that this could happen. Yo, like I just be like, oh God, your timing is just, your timing is spot on. Like, thank you so much. You know, normally I'd be like, oh no, I'm missing Barclay Center. We just sold out the Barclay, but now I got fired and I'm canceled. So I can't perform in front of 10,000 people. It's just like, nothing was happening anyway. It was like, this mass reset button on the world where everybody kind of just had to sit with themselves and just try to figure it out. What's going on with me? You know, that thing that's going tick, 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 that's, you know, that, that fine tuning that you've been putting off for so long, it's like, it, that alarm clock just went off for everybody. So COVID has just been, it's been a blessing in disguise to help me get from a place of inauthenticity to just this place of infinite value. So, you know, I, I thank God for COVID in 2020. So when you put it like that, can you say who or what saved you? I did. I did. Because I still had to make a choice. You know? Other, other, other people being in my life and, you know, I could still head down that road in a way, you know, kept defending my name and still trying to be in this person and that person and trying to be inside of this circle and that circle and defending, you know, it was this submission that I found savior. How have your dreams changed? I was soaked to my sister one day and she's so into like therapy and all of this. So she um, she made me, you know, play this game where we talked about like things that we valued and things that we loved and our biggest accomplishments, right? And when it was my turn, you know, I spoke about, you know, buying a Rolex. I spoke about hosting for the biggest stars in the world. I spoke about being on festival stages. I, sold, I spoke about selling out the Barclay Center. I spoke about all of these things that I thought gave me so much 
that made me feel like I was alive. That I, these were my accomplishments. And it was her turn to go, and she just was like, family. She was like, unity, loved ones. And I'm just like, is she trolling me? Like, is... And I just thought how external all of my, I didn't say it out loud, I, I kept it to myself. I was like, wow, am I that shallow, you know? And that the things that I value all came from external things. It was like, these things were drugs. These things was hits. I was happy. Money does buy happiness. I made a lot of money and I was very, very happy. But I had no joy, you know. Joy comes from within. Joy comes from inside of you. Joy comes from, you know, waking up and being able to take a deep breath and just knowing everything is okay. Like, being content. I never had enough. I never had enough money. I never had enough women. I never had enough partying. I never had enough. Ever. Ever. Being happy with what I have, being content, has brought me so much joy. Just being able to do this, man, it's just like, thank you. This is what I've been looking for. Not all that other stuff. Because that's what it was, it was stuff. That's a big change. Yes, it is. Who or what hurt you the most? Oh, wow. You know, my friends, you know, my friends, they, it cut me to my core. That was, that's not even comparable to the way I cut myself. I can't even scale it. And I was pretty messed up over that. But the way I disappointed myself, the way I threw it all away, that hurt me the most. It also brought the best out of me. I'm grateful. Are you a victim? About eight months ago, yeah. <laughs> if you asked me that question eight months ago, they always on me, they did it, you know. Now, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, we talk about what happens when young brothers is on the street selling drugs and gang banging and posing with guns and making music about all, you know. We tell them, you know, you only end up in two places, dead or in jail. And then we don't talk to the brother that is just out there sleeping with too many women. What's gonna happen? 
baby mama, you know, STD, you know, loss of house and home. We don't talk, we don't talk enough about what happens when you can't control addiction and vices and hanging out and we don't talk about that enough. If I was a victim, it's just from my own doing. That's about it. How do you feel about cancel culture, though? Hmm. I think it's harmful when we don't open the conversation up, you know? I think it's important we feel how we feel, but I also think it's equally important that have the conversation, even if you hate the person, right? I think it's important we have the conversation, you know, and not necessarily give a person a platform to, but have the conversation. It's like, how do we learn? So now, when I had to reach that now what phase, right? It's like, okay, we canceled the person, now what? What do we want? Or we want this person in jail? Is it punishable under law? Send them to jail? Or do we want this person to change? Do we want actual change? Do, or do we just want to tear them down for the thing that they've done? You know, everyone's done something that could get them canceled in life. They've done something, right? All right. Now what? What do we want now? What do we want from these people? I feel like that's so important. Like, you got me. Now what? So I can't say so much for the people, you know, doing it. But for me, I got change. I got change. And that's why I write that book, because there is change. Like people don't change. People change. People, people gain value. People gain substance. There is so much more, right, that I've been exposed to during this time. There's just so much more. And I'm just, I'm just grateful, you know, for the, for the storm, mm. because the sun will shine again. It already has. Did you ever imagine that you would be an author? No. <laughs> I didn't even want to read a book. <laughs> Let alone write. One. Let alone write a book. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't. Oh, I'm. You know, I was just like everybody else. I, what do I need a book for? What do I need to do this for? I, I don't need that. I, I got I got Google. I could just Google it, right? And then one of my frat brothers sent me a book, and it opened my eyes to everything. And I'm like, wow, this is this really is where they hide everything. And I've just been immersing myself in them ever since. So much so that you wrote one. I wrote one. So with that in mind, what advice would you give to a man or men in general who are or have been in a similar circumstance as you, minus the public stage, of course? I think you should just start with why me. Keep asking why me until you get to that answer and then correct you, change you, fix you. 
there's something there that you can gain. Even if you're innocent, there's something to gain. Even if you're guilty, there's something to gain. There's always something to gain. Just look within you. The answer is there. I can't tell you what to do. I can tell you how I did it. And it started with me. You have mentioned um, throughout this interview that this situation was bigger than you. Um, and if we're being real, there's a problem with culture that needs to be addressed before we can start pointing fingers about who's right and who's wrong. What is the problem with the party culture? The party culture? You know, I, I, I had to sit back and think about what is a party? Like, what, what's really going on? People are drinking, they're smoking, they're grinding on each other. It's a, it's a hypersexual environment. Um, you lose cognitive thinking off the rip when you start, you know, drinking. And so you lose kind of like control of your environment. You lose control of yourself, right? And sometimes I think, wow, we, we created a life within this loss of sensory. So we have to be careful, like, what are we doing? How, how we do it and take those precautions and, you know, like the binge drinking and the, it's not lit unless I like pass out. It's like, that's how you define a good night. It's like, oh, I was so messed up, yo, like hot threw up it. That's not a good night. <laughs> you know, like apply that logic to anything else. You don't want to do that. You don't want to go out and you, you don't want to go on vacation and say, I don't remember the vacation because, you know, you want to remember those, like, you want to remember the times you spend with your family. Like, so when it comes to the party and why do you have to like get so wasted that that defines a good time? Like, so much has to change, you know? And it all, it's all going to start with the, that individual because something's going to teach you not to get drunk behind the wheel again. Something's going to teach you not to go out and, you know, get too wasted that you can't remember or you're not coherent. Something's going to teach you. It's about what you do with that, that, that lesson, that advice. True fans of Chris Styles would know that in your podcast, Trapping Anonymous, mm -hmm. one of the questions you always ask your guests towards the end of the interview mm -hmm. <laughs> No regrets, man. Do you have any regrets? No regrets. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that they saved me from me. I saved me from me. No regrets, just lessons that we're gonna use to impart on so many people just take my story, you know. This is my testimony. So what next? I don't know. And I'm happy I don't know. <laughs> I lived my life on a schedule for so long, whether it was hosting, podcasting, partying, events. I'm, I'm happy not knowing. You know, we'll see.
We'll see what, what happens. We'll see where it goes. I guess we could start by reading your book. Bloody But I'm Bad. Oh, man, you could definitely find me on that Instagram. I'll put the book link in the description and, you know, hopefully somebody gets something out of it. And, you know, I'm more than happy to talk about, you know, anything and just creating that space where we're not just getting rid of each other. We're not just throwing each other away, that we're learning from each other and growing. That's all I could ask.